Hello and welcome back to episode number 78 of the Talk Norwich City podcast. Norwich have returned to the top of the league and to talk all things Norwich City this week, we are joined by former Norwich City programme editor and all-round top man, Mr Pete Rogers. How are you doing, mate? Very well, thank you. So, yeah, thanks, thanks, you, so, thanks so much for coming along. No problem. Um, let's, let's get straight in amongst it. Norwich City 4, Bolton Wanderers nil. Um, we'll talk about the, the defeat in, in midweek. In a moment, but Pete, that was some performance, wasn't it? Fantastic, and uh, I think we were very fortunate that, well, despite losing at Preston, we had a game so swiftly afterwards. You mm. wouldn't wanted to have lost three-one at Preston, then had a fortnight with an international break to mull and mull on that, and the, the doubts creep in. To you know, coin a phrase, you know, if you fall off your bike, you want to get back on it straight away, and we, we did that in the best possible way. I think, didn't we? Really? Yeah. I mean, Chris, I was there. You you watched all the game as well. Was it a sense of Norwich being really good or with Bolton just woeful? I think a bit of both, to be fair. Uh, I don't think it was us being ridiculously good and then being ridiculously bad. I just kind of thought it was kind of in the middle, really. I, I, I don't think it was... Um, yeah, I thought it was convincing, though. Um, you know, as I'll get it in early, Jack. Your, your boy, Remy, um, getting in... Uh, Getting in player of the week, despite the fact that he conceded four goals. That says an awful lot about the game, doesn't it? It does, and, and we'll talk about Remy. He got in um, who, the Who Scored Team of the Week, along with six Norwich City players. I, I don't think I've seen um, that many players getting a Team of the Week from a single club. I was speaking about it with some colleagues earlier, Pete. If you had to pick your player of the season now, it'd be very tough, wouldn't it? No, it'd be Pookie. And, and really? Oh, of course, yeah. Absolutely. Max Aaron, Like that. No, like Steve Little. Pookie, head and shoulders. Yeah. Chris Timu Puki, he's 23 goals, seven assists this season. That's more than anyone in Europe except for Lionel Messi. Yeah. But no one has to get in the Norwich City Player of the Year award in your eyes. <laughs> well, I'm just putting the questions out there, Pete. Um, yeah. He has been quite something, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah. He's, he's been outrageous. He's been incredible. The, the way that he's continuously delivered... We've all played him down. That's the thing. And I think if you had asked that question kind of a month ago, you would still have a few of the other players in. But you can't not give the player of the season to Pookie now. Um, I'm not sure. What, what was what was the record that he was on or coming up to? He could beat the, the record goals scored well, I think in he, a season. He, he equaled uh, Ross Jack's six consecutive yeah. games for scoring in goals, didn't he? In games, goals in games. And then he's near off. Is he is he two or three off Holty? I think now he's one for off a season. Well, there yeah. you go. That says an awful lot, doesn't it? I mean, can, I think that I think the record <clears throat> amount of goals in a season for a Norwich player is thirty-one. Pookie's on twenty-three with thirteen games to go. Well, it's he... not inconceivable, is it? No. If he keeps fit and carries mm. on doing what he's doing, he's going to do it, isn't he? Realistically, yeah. but uh, you know, I think the thing you've got to measure him by is if we were to lose him, mm. if we were to lose a player through injury, who is the one you'd least like to lose? Yeah. Well, I'd have to be say him. I yeah. think. Well, I thought it was Morris Leitner. I must admit, and I, and I think we did. Do you not think Jordan Rhodes could step up and do a job? Not really, do you? Do you not like Jordan Rhodes? I, I like Jordan Rhodes. I think he's a fantastic character, good player. He seems to be the, the impression you get from when you, you, you hear from players. He's a good guy to have mm. around the place. But I suppose he'll say through lack of chances, but he hasn't really delivered the, the goods, has he? I mean, what's he, how many goals has he got? I think he's delivered the goods when he's been on the pitch, Pete. I don't think you can argue that from his stats, old boy. No, he's, you look at the number of games he's played and the goals he's got. I don't I mean, think he's he'll been that point bad. to a lot of them being substitute appearances and playing yeah. second fiddle to Pukki. But, uh, but how good is it though? That but three got... three of his goals came in the Wickham Cup game. Let's not forget. Wow, Wickham are a quality side, mate. Wow. Akin Fenwar. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, we've we've had some questions on Twitter. We'll get onto them in in a, in a little while. But Pete, you were at the club for fifteen years, <laughs> and you oversaw a lot of different matches. Just talk us through the managers that you oversaw. Well, first yeah, when I first uh, became programme editor in October 2000, Brian Hamilton was the manager. Mm. Uh, so then I did it all the way through the, the Nigel Worthington era, which I must say was excellent. Uh, then came Peter Grant. Oof. Then came Glenn Roder. You had some Roder. fun programme notes then, didn't you? Well, Peter Grant, yeah. yeah, he had a lot of detail to give, it has to be said. Yeah, yeah, yeah very. Yeah, he, was, uh, he had a lot to say for himself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But always very helpful and honest, and uh, yeah, he was good. They were all very, all very good, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's quite. What does it? What does? The, what did your role entail at the time? Because you're almost having just whatever the form, wherever Norwich City are, 
as a program editor, I assume you're having to try and put the club in the best light possible. Oh, of course. I mean, it is the official program, so it has to toe the sort of party line of what the, the, the club are trying to say. And as you quite rightly say, whether we win, lose, or draw, there always has to be a program. Mm. You know, you've got to keep churning them out, and mm. it's an awful lot easier to get it done when when we're winning. Mm. Players are more keen to do the interviews and and, and talk about things. Uh, than when you've just lost, you know, three games on the spin, and you know, would you like to be the the, the featured player, Gary Doherty, to talk about our latest three 0 defeat at Burnley? They're not so enthusiastic <laughs> to do it. Whereas I would imagine if you ask Pookie to do something at the moment, yeah. he's probably going to be fairly uh, uh, susceptible to the idea, I should mean, we say? I mean, uh, through that fifteen years, there's been some incredible highs and and some lows as well. Did you ever have a point where sort of a, a Glenn Roder would? You'd have to go to a Glenn Roder and say, "Look, we're, we're putting together the notes now." He said something, despite all fans knowing it's going completely tits up, and you just <laughs> listening and thinking, "The fans aren't going to buy this. The fans are not going to buy this." No, I, mean, I think Glenn was always quite honest. He was, he was, you know, he was, he was okay. He was, mm. he was one of the ones I'd say actually he was quite interested and diligent on the program column. Mm. He was quite keen. He had quite a lot of input in it and was keen to make sure that it was all okay. wasn't always the easiest to get hold of, but uh, you know, he was uh, when you got him, he was quite good. Yeah, and and you're now on to writing books now, which is which is great, and we'll have a flick through here. Now, the forward in this book is by a certain Paul Lambert. That's right. I mean, now, this, talk yeah. to me first of all what this book is about. It, the, the, the title's is, Bragging the Rights. The, the book is titled Bragging Rights, uh, a series of books by a company called Toucan, who are based up in Sunderland. They've done these books for a number of clubs, uh, and they are really a, a sort of a celebration of your, your Derby Day success. Mm. Uh, so there's every post-war victory over Ipswich Town in there, a match report for each game, etc., and uh, I put this together, would have been started on it probably this time last year, uh, got it all finished, needed a foreword, and I thought to myself, well, who better than the man who oversaw a 4-1 victory and a 5-1 victory over Ipswich than Paul Lambert? I mean, this was at the time when I should imagine Paul Hurst was in the process of being appointed Ipswich manager, so I wasn't to know, and nor was Paul Lambert to know <laughs> at the time, that uh, he was going to end up managing uh, Ipswich Town. So... Uh, can I just say, I got, I got this in my stocking at Christmas. That's a large stocking you've got, Chris. Stinks nice of a stocking book. filler. And I recommend getting it. Bragging rights. Oh, it's pounds, that's a lot for a stocking filler. Yeah. I'd have that in the main present. What can I say, main present I'm doing, it's, one, it's one up from the stocking, I mean, surely, I'm, do, I'm doing well for myself, I tell yeah. you, mate. I mean, obviously a very affluent individual. <laughs> Pete, the final paragraph here is, this book that Peter has written provides details of every single Norwich win over Ipswich since the war. And I'm sure it will make great reading for all Norwich supporters. Now, I'm wondering, is there going to be an updated version with Norwich City beating Paul Lambert's Ipswich Town side? Well, this is the thing with these kind of books, aren't they? As soon as you uh, press the button to print it, and you win, then win another game, the book then becomes out of date, doesn't it? So, uh, I don't think that's going to be worth another book on its own. But uh... We've had Gary Carzer on this podcast. We've had, we've had people who have come into contact with Paul Lambert. Um, you came into contact with Paul Lambert, of course, during his time at the club, were you surprised to see him go to Ipswich? Did you did he did you did he strike as that kind of character? I think professional football people, it's their living, it's their way of life. It's they're not fans, mm. you know. Paul Lambert was Norwich City manager. He was not a Norwich City supporter, yeah. Yeah. you know. And that's they'll, they'll 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 go where the work is at the end of the day. And I think you've got to say, if you're working for Anglia TV, correct? Yeah. yeah. And if you, uh, I'd never leave. No, <laughs> but if someone come along and offered you five times as much money to go and work for another TV company, oh, he's not. Yeah, yeah I reckon. You, you yeah, go, he's off. You, <laughs> if the Anglia fans want to keep me, well, uh, <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying. There's, of course, yeah. Did what were your what were your you know what was it like during your time at the club? Was it Paul always? Very kind to you. Was he was he a top man? Fantastic, yeah, superb guy. Yeah. He spent a lot of time in the the office at the club, talking to staff. He was very humorous. He wasn't the sort of deadpan match of the day manager that you sometimes see. He comes across as you know sometimes a bit, you know, sometimes people say all oh, these dull Scottish people, etc. Get that kind of reputation, but he was very humorous, great one liners, very dry sense of humor, and thoroughly decent chap. And so much so that when I wanted the foreword for that yeah. book, you can pick up the phone and uh, he'll do it for you. So, do you think it's with, with that being said, do you think it's almost harsh and unnecessary the the reaction he's had from from Norwich City fans? Very much so, yeah. I think he deserves huge respect for what he did for us as our manager for three years. He gave us a ride that we'll probably never have again in our lifetime. Has he not we? had that respect already, though, Pete? 
I think so, yeah. But so why should we respect him now? He's crossed the border. He's crossed the line. He has, but you can't rewrite history. He still did what he did, didn't he? I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you, Peter. I'm just, you know, light and shade, light and shade. Well, that's... Fair enough. i tell you what, on the topic of Paul Abbott and Ipswich, I love it when it comes to Derby Day because I always get a little ping, a little DM from this man, Pete Rogers, and he says, Revo... <laughs> Get 20 quid on Ipswich to win. <laughs> Absolutely, every bit, time. Bit, of, sec- bit of security, yeah. bit of security. Every yeah. season, bit of security. <laughs> if I was to go back through my yeah. messages, there's about six. Bit of security, 20 quid. Bit yeah. of security, 20 quid. Is that, is it, are you a pessimist then, Pete? Well, I think yes, you, uh, yes, I think you, you, you are. Know, you, you get three types of people in this world. You get, you get your optimists, your pessimists, and your realists. Yeah. And I suppose I'm probably tread that line between realism and pessimism. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes. So I'm not the most optimistic, no. <laughs> And there's nothing more painful than losing Ipswich Town, is there? So uh, I always think if you're going to have to suffer that pain, Absolutely, you might as well pick up a few quid in the process, mightn't you? <laughs> so and you've lost a hell of a lot of money. In the well, I wouldn't say a hell of a lot of money. No, <laughs> Chris is making out of you know, Chris goodbye the family. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the old uh, ten or fifteen quid here and there just to cover yourself off to think because we've always been strong favourites to <laughs> win these games. Such in recent a Norwich fans. If you've yeah, got, no. if you've got the money though, decent shout that, isn't it? You could do it on every it's, game, shouldn't you? I wouldn't say every game. Put a fiver on, Pete. Yeah. Just in case, but it's security. Uh, you know, if we if we lose a game three one at Preston, it's not going to ruin yeah. me for the next yeah. six months. As it was, if you lost to Ipswich, it would be mm. you know a, a painful experience. Got to say, I'm sorry to the Preston fans. Mm. Yeah, you do. Yeah, no, no, I am. I am because, and I and I do. I know it's disrespectful. Teams like Preston, and I was wrong, and and I'm sorry, and you hit us. And, and you beat us, and you beat us well and truly, and, and fair play to you. Um, and I deserve all of the stick that I got from the Preston fans. Um, I just thought, you know, in our vein of form with our players, we were knackered, though. I'm not giving an excuse, well, but all I'm saying is, fair play, I got it wrong. So you were, you were disrespectful to Preston? I was, yeah. And a former Norwich City manager as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, Pete. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's stay on Bolton, because <laughs> I want us to be optimistic here. I'm not being dragged into this pessimism by, by you two. Um, <laughs> Chris, you've been you've been praising a certain Thomas Tribal all season. Um, he completed the most passes so out of any this. Norwich player since statistics have begun. Um, he's starting to hit some real form, isn't he? Said it over and over again. I've, I've been berated on social media for saying Tribal over Tete early doors, but it, you know the, the facts are there. The facts are there. Tete's a quality player. Tribal's a better player, though, and the evidence has been left on the pitch in, in, in the last few games. Fair play to him. He's got a brilliant attitude. He's, he's fighting for his place in the team. He's desperate to do well at Norwich City. And, and it, uh, w- what he's doing is, is just absolutely brilliant. I was just, just some of his passage of play um, in, in the run-up to a couple of the goals at Bolton as well. His, his ability to win the ball back mm. but not just pass it sideways or backwards. He's able to actually think innovatively with it um, and, and that's what puts him on the pedestal above Tete for me. But anyway, I want to—I don't want to go out to anti-Tete. I just want to say Tom Tribal, wow, absolute player. Pete, I mean, we've had—we've been really unlucky with injuries to midfielders this season. Leitner out for sustained periods. Vrancic currently out. Louis Thompson out. McLean's been injured at parts this season. With the current crop we've got, who is your midfield duo at the moment? Very difficult, isn't it? I mean, you're quite right. We have had uh, injuries to players at certain times. But I think the good thing with midfield is we have got an abundance of options in that mm-hmm. area, haven't we? Whereas, as we were saying earlier, my fear is if anything happened to Pookie, we haven't <clears> got <throat> someone who can come in, have we, that no. can do the same job. I think at each end of the pitch, your goalkeeper, Tim Krull and but Pukie... Dennis Rebeni, Absolutely. Are you two? They the, the two places you wouldn't want to have to try and replace, mm. would you? Realistically, mm. uh, I wouldn't want to see Brian uh, Michael McGovern in goal for three games mm. if Jim Krull happened to be suspended mm. for three matches or something like that. So, uh, you know, they're the the, the the two key players. Who are the four in midfield? Well, Emmy has to be one, doesn't he? Mm. Mm. I mean, that sort of holding has two though. The holding two. Uh, Does it have to be the holding two? I think you want one sort of more defensive-minded, deep-lying player, which at the moment, on current form, has to be tribal, doesn't yeah. it? And how impressed were you with, with, with Kenny McLean, who, who is sort of his first proper game for Norwich, really? It was. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he got injured you know, at the worst possible yeah. time for a new signing. When you first arrive at a club, you're obviously looking to, I guess, make an impression for your, in front of your teammates, your new supporters, the manager mm. who's, who's signed you. And obviously, he came with a reputation and 
arguably perhaps did he have Madison's boots to fill in some people's eyes maybe I don't Probably know did, yeah. uh, and to get injured early on was, was a real setback I know everyone a lot of people I spoke to were really excited about he was yeah, the one I sort was, of summer yeah. signing we thought yeah this boy <laughs> is going to be good uh, and as you say he got that injury and we haven't seen a huge amount of him but what we have seen since he's been back mm. he's, he's looked good yeah, mm. I'm still hyped I'm still excited mm. I still remember that game at, at Birmingham first game of the season away from home um, to, to, to get that equaliser he came on and he's such an engine and his tempo is absolutely brilliant. And we said this probably a month, two months ago. I think someone tweeted, tweeted in the question saying, you know, what chances McLean got coming into the team? And I think that he's definitely going to have a, a, a key role um, towards the back end of the season, particularly with the injuries. But I've honestly never been worried about... I'd be lying if I was to say I'd been worried about Mar- missing Marks Leitner. I, I, I would be lying because Mario has been excellent. Tribal's been excellent. Tete has been really solid this mm. season as well. I, I just, as Pete says, your midfield is it's the strongest it's, midfield I've ever seen since We've got an Norwich. abundance of options in there, haven't we? And we've been able to, you know, roll with the punches of the odd suspension mm. and a few injuries and this kind of thing and, and still keep things going. Uh, I think you're right about McLean. The one thing I like about him is everything he seems to do seems to be of a forward nature mm. there's not too much of this oh I'll just roll one back to the full back or back to the centre half mm. he always looks to get things going forwards on the front and that, and that like through ball the, that through ball at the for, weekend for, 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 for oh, Emmy, absolutely yeah. and then ball. he put the ball in from the free kick at West Brom to eat when Jordan yeah. Rhodes equalised true yeah. mm-hmm. Uh, so he's yeah he's he's got a lot to offer definitely and and Chris I think we'll stick on the statistics path because some of the stats coming out of the game at the weekend were incredible another one Moritz Leitner completed more passes yeah. in the 10 minutes he was on the pitch than any Bolton player on the pitch. His return from injury is surely going to be important on the run-in. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. I mean, arguably, he's in the top three players in the league, hands down. Um, you know, you'd, you'd probably put Emmy Buendia up there now as well. Um, that's with my yellow and green glasses off as well. He is the sat-nav. He is excellent he, the, the way that what I like about him is he's so calm and composed but but in line with what Pete said about, about McLean you know bringing it forwards and always looking for the forward option Moritz does the same thing but he's so cool calm and collected yeah. and that's what particularly impresses me because you can easily be buffed off the ball in the championship but he seems to have this presence this aura when he's on the pitch he demands respect from the opposition and, and that you, you can't just get that you, you earn that and he's done that this season and Pete defensively as well we look a lot more assured that's another, that's another clean sheet now Bolton never really even came close that's been another incredible thing this season isn't it we've got an 18-year-old, a 20-year-old. Well, the, the two the two full-backs have been outstanding. They've, Although we were joking about the player of the season thing and who comes in the running, those two For are... For me, it's Max Aarons. See, I'd say Pookie, but Aaron's probably not far It's a good thing to argue yeah. about. Yeah, of course, it's, it's a nice <laughs> thing to have an argument about without, without any shadow of a doubt. The, the, the two full-backs have been fantastic. They give you just so much energy and drive. Totally they don't agreed. seem to be flustered, concerned, worried by anything. No. Whatever the occasion, they seem to rise to it. Touch wood, they don't pick up injuries, yeah. they don't pick up too many silly cards, they get the odd ones, but playing at fullback, you go into up against pacey wingers and sure. things. Uh, yeah, they've been, they've been excellent. There has been a lack of clean sheets throughout the season, though, there's no doubt about that. That was the one sort of, I know, I know it's a major nitpick at Leeds, so 3 0 just sounds so much better than 3 1, <laughs> doesn't it? And uh, I did tweet at half time when we were 3 0 up at Bolton, I, I, I tweeted my uh, two wishes for the second half yeah. one, a clean sheet. And secondly, I said a pressure-free penalty to get this monkey off our back. You know, so someone can step up and take it at three nil and put it away, no problem at all. And lo and behold, we get a fourth goal, yeah. missed a penalty, but I got one out of my two wishes with the, the goal sheet. difference has been is, is better now, though. Mm. By the way, the goal difference is is actually um, it's kind of got a lot better. Mm. So that that's particularly impressed me. I want to stick on that point. Penalties. That's now six misses from seven this season. Yeah. Five different players have missed penalties. Now, it might just be me thinking this, but you're, what were we, 4 up, 3 up? I know what you're going to say, yeah, yeah. Why is Timu Puki not taking it? Now, I know it was, Puki didn't even want it. You could see it. He, he drew the foul, he won the penalty, yeah. and he gave the ball to McLean and went, you have it. You're a striker yeah. in the form of your life. Why do you not you know want what? it? I, quite an interesting thought on this, actually, is I think that this says a lot about the respect they have for Daniel Farker. Because you hear Daniel Farker afterwards in the press conference saying, no, it's my fault. 
I told Kenny that he was going to take the penalty. So I actually think that it says a hell of a lot about the respect that the players have for Daniel Farkas' instruction. You think of Claudio Ranieri at Fulham, and I forgot the guy that took it off, Mitrovic. Yes. And and that says there, lack of discipline and lack of respect. And at Norwich City, there you go. You know, all right, he missed it. But but actually, I'm taking that as a a weird little positive, actually. Did it not happen with a Stoke player as well, a couple of weeks back as well? Possibly, yeah. yeah, I think it was Klukas and someone were having a Barney over who was going to take it. Ryan Shawcross stepped in as a captain and gave the ball to Klukas and he stepped up and missed it. But (laughs) what I'm trying to make the point is I think there has to be a designated penalty taker Mm. I think, but there's not though, is there? Because five different players have taken one. No, but there's never been any confusion in the game as to who's going to take it, has yeah. there? There's never been a you know, after you, Claude, kind of thing, has there? It's been we've known who's going to take the penalty in each game we've had, whether they've converted them or not is a, is another but matter. I, I'm with you though, mate. I'm totally with you, Pookie. Every time, smash it. Mm. Every is, time. Is this a worry though, Pete? Because I know we. I think the only games where we haven't scored a penalty and then gone on to drop points is West Brom where we lost at home and pressing away where I'm not sure if that penalty would have, would have turned the game anyway oh, definitely well yeah I mean that was a, a, a nasty one to miss wasn't yeah. it I mean you know 2-0 down 15 minutes before half time a chance to get yourself right definitely back in the game. the game that that was a crucial mm. one to, to get to, to stick away is this a worry because we've now missed so many that it that it is a pattern it is a theme and surely any player picking that ball up now to take the penalty is thinking, oh God, you know, <laughs> history's not on my side here. It is a worry, of course. I mean, it becomes an even bigger worry if you end up in the playoffs where a number mm. of these games are settled by penalty shootouts and you know, we, were all, we, we were all in Cardiff and saw the, the heartache when it goes wrong there. So uh, I think only Norwich City could really employ a German manager then miss six <laughs> out of seven penalties, couldn't they? True, you know? very true. So Chris, if you're on the, if you're on the <clears throat> Colney training pitch this week, and you're, you know, setting yourselves up for Bristol. What's your routine now for penalties? Who are you giving it to? What are you telling them to do? What's uh, to be, the thought process? To here? be honest, to, to be honest with you, Jack, I'm not, I'm not overly going to focus on it if I'm Daniel Farker because it becomes so much more of a psychological thing. If it happens, it happens. For me, my designated kick taker is Timmy Pukki all day long. Mm. He's your striker. He's in form. He knows how to hit the ball. And quite frankly, if he's not got the confidence, I don't know when he's ever going to have the confidence to take a penalty. It's got to come right eventually. It only comes with practice. You've got to do it in the stadium in front of the supporters. Um, but for me, if I'm Daniel Farker, I'm continuing as, as normal. We're winning games of football. Um, yeah, yeah, all right. You know, the one against Preston was bad. The one against West Brom was bad. But to be honest with you, it's not. It, it's not really an issue when you're winning games of football. It's just a, pff, come on. You know? You're quite right. You can brush it under the carpet when you're 4-0 up at Preston or you're 4-0 up at Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. It's not the end, the be-all and end-all. But there could become a time when it, it does become crucial. Uh, I was talking to my cousin about this on the phone at the weekend and we were recalling, do you remember when uh, Watford got to the play, to the, reach the playoffs? Yeah. And AD Boothroyd yeah, used yeah, yeah. their last game of the league season. He asked all the crowd to stay in the ground at full time once mm. the game was over so they could practice penalties really? in full stadium. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, before they went to playoffs. So are you saying it's, yeah. it's our fault that we're missing penalties for not staying behind? <laughs> well, no, no, we've not been asked to, but I'm just saying it's uh, an interesting thought. Because I mean, when you speak to yeah. players, they'll all say taking a penalty on the training ground is a different beast to taking oh, one in front of 25,000. So AD Boothroyd's idea, which I think was you know a bit of a masterstroke, was, yeah. uh, you know, Practice them after a game with that. the crowd in there. What I would say, though, it, to be a bit critical, is the penalties that we have missed have been pretty poor. Mm. I've not seen a At penalty miss. Well, yeah, but I've not seen a penalty miss where I've thought it's a cracking save. Yeah. I've not thought that once. Mm. Uh, the one at the weekend, I mean, it was at the perfect height for Remy. It was at the perfect height, wasn't it? It was. But sometimes you see some really good penalties saved and some crap ones go in, don't you? Yeah. You know, so I, th- I don't. It's hard to it's hard to tell, isn't it? Let's yeah. talk about um, the aforementioned Remy Matthews. There, he he got into the team of the week. Yes, he conceded you, four goals. But surely Norwich City fans can hold their heads high about two former Norwich City academy graduates doing very well in the championship. You're quick to jump on the TNC account, tagging Remy and everything, mate. I was. Does that not fill you with pride? Um, yet more fantastic goalkeepers produced from this wonderful club. Yeah, we've, we yeah, yeah. I tell you, it does it does say a lot about the Norwich City goalkeeping factory. It absolutely does. 
Um, but f for me, you know, with all due respect, when he's got another kit on, I hope we smash him. Mm. I hope we smash him, and we did. He made a couple of good TV saves. Uh, of course, it was it was a good. It's always good to save a penalty, isn't it? And I have got respect for Remy Matthews. Um, it just makes me laugh about your loving for him. Did you watch that game and think oh, what could have been? What with Remy Matthews? No, not really. I think he's you know, he's. <laughs> you desperately he, want that. He's a Bolton Wanderers goalkeeper, isn't he? I mean, he's. He was on our academy books. Our management team deemed him not, you know, quite good enough for the level we're at, and he's moved on to League One by the looks. He's a good keeper, and I think he's going to earn a good, you know, good career in the game, but uh, I'm not, you know, losing sleep over the fact that he's not playing for us anymore, no. If you're watching on YouTube, comment below if you think that Remy Matthews should have stayed at Norwich City. Let's put this argument for, to bed once and for so all. So what is it with you and Remy Matthews? Are you yeah, what is it, Jack? Cousins? Is or? he paying for your rent or something? <laughs> just, you know, cousins. Product of, <laughs> products of Great Yarmouth and not too many good things come out of Yarmouth, so no. got, got a whole bunch of things to do. The A47 and not much else. <laughs> well, apparently, I did read today, the Eagle Strait will be duelled by 2023. Really? So that's a good oh, thing. I'm really impressed with you tonight. You admitted your love in for Remy. Yeah. You admitted that Great Yarmouth is tin pot as well. I mean... Excellent work. Have you, have you seen Excellent. the knitted Great Yarmouth at the Oh, forum? I mean, it stinks of Great Yarmouth, that, doesn't it? Do you not think that's it a wonderful piece, piece of art? Someone's knitted Great Yarmouth, <laughs> I mean. I'm questioning their... Yeah. Mm, okay. Anyway, let's get on to some Twitter questions. Okay, let's get on to some Twitter questions. And thanks to everyone who has got in touch. Once again, I haven't read any of these before we're getting into it, which is always dangerous um, territory. So, Ollie Bensley has tweeted us and says, Pete... What's your final league prediction for both the bottom of the table, so who will go down, and also the top, who will go up? And Ooh. will Timu Puki finish with the golden boot? Ooh, a lot of questions there, there is isn't there? Yeah. Right, so so let, the, let's start at the bottom. Who's going bottom. down? I think the three teams going down are going to be Bolton Wanderers, mm. Ipswich Town... And Rotherham United. Oh, Paul Warren. Yeah, Paul yeah. Jack's um, future Norwich manager to be, would you believe? So you don't think Nelson will keep running up? Yeah, I just Oh, you said, do? Yeah, you yeah. do think, yeah. sorry, you yeah. do think he'll Three keep. teams are going down, Jack. Reading, I didn't mention, that means they're staying up. <laughs> so Nelson, in that case, is a fantastic striker taking Reading to, to, to heady heights. Well, fourth from bottom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the top then. Who's going up? Automatically? Yeah. This is tough, isn't it? And I don't want just two teams. I want this defined. Who's first? Who's second? It is, it is hard, it. isn't it? I know you want to say it. Just say it. Let it go. You're on the TNC podcast. <laughs> who do I want to go up? Who do I, who no, no, th no. Who I think? <laughs> who I obviously want think? to... I've got to say, I think Sheffield United are relentless, aren't they? Yeah. Absolutely relentless. And fair play to them. They tossed off that three-goal lead at Villa the other night in 12 minutes. <laughs> that could have killed them, couldn't it? But they yeah, came yeah, back yeah. and beat Borough 1-0 with a clean sheet, yeah. then thumped uh, Reading 4-0. Yeah. They are relentless. They remind me a lot of us under Paul Lambert mm. with Grant Holt playing the Billy Sharp role, if you like. Yeah, agreed. Love him or loathe him. I think Wilde is a fantastic manager. Yeah. He's done a superb job there with the players he's agreed. got and the resources he's got and he's got them going. Mm. I think they're going to get one of the top two places. Mm. Uh, you haven't said if they're going to be first or second, though. And no. That was my question, Okay. Pete. Sheffield's also going to be second. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Now, I'm very excited to hear who you're about to say he's going to be first then in that case. Norwich City. You are going yes. for Norwich. Yes. Yeah. You think? So Leeds are going to tail off. Roof's out. Yeah. I, th I, th I think the biggest threat to us going up in the top two places are West Brom and Sheffield United rather than Leeds. Wow. In my opinion. What, what, what makes you think that Leeds are going to have a slight... I think the weight of expectation, Leeds mm. are a phenomenal club. They're mm. huge. They're arguably bigger than Norwich, Sheffield United and West Brom put together. They're huge, massive club. One of the top six, certainly top eight clubs in this country. Huge history, massive fan base. And I just think the weight of expectation there could... Mm, yeah. And you mentioned there, Chris, Kemar Roof. He's going to be sidelined yeah. for a, a few weeks with knee ligament injury. Do you think that could play a big effect with them? I, th I, I think it will. 
you hear a Patrick lot. Patrick Bamford, can he step up? Uh, well, you know that he's an absolute fraud, Jack, don't you? Um, <laughs> he absolutely is. He is. He's a fraud of a footballer. He is. But what I would say is, and I'm going off what Leeds fan. I mean, I, I stalked the Leeds fans today on on Twitter. Um, and, and their reaction was it was the end of the world. Right. Um, and, and I don't blame them. Uh, I don't think they're too they're too confident in, in, in the players to, to step up for them. But you know, of course, you know it doesn't. It's not going to affect it too much. It's only one player, isn't it? But then it could be that Timmy Puki thing. If Timmy Puki was out for us, yeah. Norwich fans would be like, "This is really bad news as well." So yeah, you can sit here and call it now. And then a play, a, a club could lose a key yeah. player, or, yeah. or something can happen, and it'll change. I'm, so I've never felt so confident. I was I was so worried about Aston Villa, and now they're just not in the room for me. West Brom have continued to tick over. I've always had respect for Sheffield United in terms of their consistency and their players, not their manager. Um, I, th- I think they've done very well, and I think they'll they'll be in there with us. And um, as I said after after the Leeds game, um, I genuinely think we can go on to win this league. I think it's our league to lose now. It is. If you look at the games that we've got coming up. Of course, Bristol City at home is a huge game to follow up. Um, from that away win at Bolton, you know that that's a huge test for us. Um, the the form that Bristol have been in has been has been ridiculous. Um, I just have I've just got so much confidence. Mm. I just can't see us bottling it. I just think the thing is that there's you know we can do it. Yeah. Whether we will or not, only time will tell. But I think what we must be mindful and respectful of is we are one of mm. four, maybe five clubs that could do it, yeah. and it is very very tight. Yeah. And, you know, it's you can perm any two from those five for, for the top two mm. places and, and give a reason for, for any of them realistically yeah there'll be lots of chopping and changing as well that's yeah. the other thing to bear in mind I think for everyone watching yeah, and listening you know people are going to have to accept there's going to be probably two or three more Prestons along the way yeah definitely you know, that's going to happen we are going to drop from where we are back but down two or three more happy days absolutely Is that it? if you feel and if win you, the league and if you follow it up with Bolton type performance, yeah, absolutely. And I suppose at least we've proven now, Pete, yeah. that we have got that bounce back ability. Absolutely, that was, was as I was saying earlier. I think the nice thing was we had that game so soon after Preston to go out, get it out of your system, and it wasn't a, a scabby one nil, was mm. it? It was a very comprehensive. Yeah. I appreciate Bolton, um, you know, Brazil of the nineteen seventies, <laughs> but you know, with the best will in the world, you know, we you can beat what's in front of but you. But we are. I'm not sure we, we are. are a vintage you, Brazil. Well, not quite yet. Admit it. I think we must not get too carried away. Let's not forget, oh, we are on. in the second division here. Come on, Pete. You know. Come on. <laughs> uh, Elliot Waterfield, will Pookie break the single season goals record for the championship? I think that currently stands with 30 goals. I can't remember who done it. I think it's 30. Will Pookie break that, Chris? Pete? I think he's got every opportunity to. I, I really do. He stays fit. It's hard to see him not doing it, really, isn't yeah. it? You know, mm. we're not all of a sudden going to be a side that's going to mm. stop creating chances. And he... so it's Glenn Murray who broke the record for thirty goals. Okay, he's got thirty, did he? He got thirty. Yeah, probably all penalties, weren't they? Well, well if Pookie would have taken all the penalties this season and even scored half of them, yeah. he would have pretty much been on yeah. thirty yeah. goals. I mean, that's not bad, is it? You can't knock Murray for taking penalties when we can't do it. I oh, know. I just hate Brighton. Really? <laughs> yeah. What should be for them? I just think they're a tin pot football club. I really do. <laughs> I can't hide you it. You like please. to fall out with a lot of people, don't you? <laughs> I just uh, no. I'm just being. I'm just honest. I'm not. I'm not here to sit on the fence, Pete. No. Brighton, they're a Tim Pot football club. <laughs> Harsh. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> right, right. Now this is a good question. Um, total football display on Saturday from Norwich. How do we and Farker keep everyone's feet on the ground? What do you think the moves like around that training pitch? Do you do you think they're starting to? To think, oh shit, this this could actually happen now. Well, they must have. We've got to look at the league table to see where we are and the number of games there is left. But I mean, you would imagine that the the mood and the spirit in the camp is as upbeat and positive as it as it possibly can be with the way things are going. Uh, I think the big thing is as well this season. There is no level of expectation. We're not Leeds with that rich history and that big demanding fan base. We've not spent the money that Villa have spent. We've not got the level of expectancy of Stoke who came down and thought they were going to walk straight back yeah. up with West their Brom. Premier League players. Yeah. Same with West Brom, you know. And I think that's that's helping us. And I think our fans are... Do you think there's, a, there's surely expectation now, though? Of course there's expectation, but there isn't the pressure of expectation, is there? Okay. You know what I mean? There's... There has to be expectation now because of where we are, the way we've played, yeah. uh, and the number of games that are left. I mean, you, you've been, you know, in and around the club in, in promotion campaigns before. Do players start to sense? Do they start to feel nerves at this point because they know that something great could happen? 
I don't know, you'd have, you'd have drafts players that I think everyone working at the club at a time when you are on the verge of achieving something, yeah, you do get a bit nervous because you want it so badly, don't you? And it's a, a build, you know, a, a season's work mm. that you mm. everything's channeling in and sort of closing mm. down to, to what you hope is going to be a satisfactory conclusion. Definitely. Uh, right, next question. Josh, he says, um, is this the is this current Norwich City team one of the best we've ever had? Chris, thoughts? Yeah, it's one of the best. It is one of the best, definitely. I mean, Pete quite rightly said at the, the beginning of the podcast, I think that, that Worthington team was was very, very special. Um, we had such a good defence that year. I know we had Hux, but my God, we had Robert Green, Malky, Craig Fleming, Ed Worthy, Jury, and they were in the form of their life. They were at the form of their life. And, you know, I think that this team is is getting there to is getting there to that point. But to be honest with you, they've not won anything yet. So I think it's a bit early to answer that question in full. But as it stands, if they go on to win the league playing this well, absolutely they're one of the best. But they have to win something first. Pete? I think Chris has hit the nail on the head there. I think what we've got to remember is first and foremost, we are in the middle of February. We have not been promoted yet. We're in a very good position. Hmm. Uh, and is this the best Norwich City team ever? Nowhere near it. We're in the second division, for Christ's sake. You know, this isn't John mm. Bond's team of the 1970s that took the first division by storm. This isn't Mike Walker's team that played all that attractive football to finish third in the Premier League. An education you for know, our younger th- audience th- here. But, no, but you know, <laughs> let's be realistic about it. I mean, people were talking about Steeperman the other day and saying, you know, what a wonderful midfield player he was, the best the club have ever had. I mean, he isn't fit to lay in Crook or Martin Peters' boots, is he? Good player, having a great season, but let's be realistic. Love we're Mark. in the second division. Absolutely. You know. But is, is this some of... Is this? Have you enjoyed this season more than sort of a Have lot? I ever? Absolutely. It's been fantastic. And I think the reason I've enjoyed it so much is because my level of expectation was, unsurprisingly, very low at the start of this season. Um, ironically, I did... Uh, put down for relegation? No, I didn't put little, down for relegation, but uh, I did go out, must have been... It was We played your t- team that you like very much, Brighton, in yeah, a pre-season friendly yeah, yeah, yeah. before the start of last season. Quality side. Went out for a, a drink with a couple of mates and we all said, look, how do we think the season's going to go? And I said, I think we'll finish 14th. And we finished 14th. <laughs> I was bang on. We all went out at the start of this season and I said to them, I said, well, look, you know, I can't see us reaching the dizzy heights of 14th this year. I said, Madison carried us last year. Yep, we had Gunny's true. boy in goal. We had a bit of magic from Jacob Murphy. And we had some decent defending from Grant Handley. So what did you all we've got left is Grant Handley. What did you honestly think? I said we'd be bottom six, but there'll be three teams worse than us. Really? Yeah, absolutely. And to be fair... And I think most people thought that. I don't think that was an outrageous opinion. The top journos did, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that was an outrageous Did you go to Sheffield Wednesday away, last game of last season? No, thank God. No, I listened to you. I did, yeah. And you walked out of there and you just thought, you know, once the inevitable sale of Madison happens and Gunny's boy goes back to Manchester City... Didn't know Murphy was going to be sold then, but he, like all wingers, blows hot and cold. Mm-hmm. You just thought, if we've not got Handley, we've got nothing. Did you think at that point, walking out of Hillsborough, I think it was the, we, we seemed to just get crushed there for, for a couple of games in a row. Did you walk out of there and think, I don't know where it's going with Farker? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it didn't look, didn't look pretty, did it? And I think the bizarre thing about this season, I don't know what you guys think, is... Throughout last year, and let's be honest, we watched some dog-awful games, oh, didn't we? Yeah. You know, Bolton at home, yeah. Forest at home. I mean, it was verging on the unwatchable at times. There was passing for passing's sake rather than this fast, progressive, exciting mm. football we're seeing now. It wasn't great. And all the way throughout last season, did you ever sit there thinking, God, this is getting better, I can really no. see what they're doing here, we're going to yeah. take off next season? No, you didn't. And, and, and did you sit there thinking... Marco Steeperman, he's struggling at left back, but clearly he's going to run our <laughs> midfield next year. We can all see that. Yeah, no one uh, thought that. Vrancic as well. Vrancic. Jack had him down as a League One player famously last uh, season. I mean, and you looked at Zimmerman, you thought, well, Zimmer frame, I christened him. Really? Uh, uh, I didn't no, think no, Zimmerman no, was that bad. But last season? No. Shocking. <laughs> Pete, last Arsene season. Wenger had him down as one of the best players in the league. Yeah. He's a serial trophy doctor, <laughs> isn't he? But no, no I agree what I'm saying, saying to you is, Absolutely. you've got three players there, the aforementioned Vrancic, yeah. Zimmerman yeah. and Steeperman. Mm. They've come to life. They were almost like being brought a car, but being told it's got to be in the garage for 12 months before it's roadworthy, isn't it? <laughs> but now we can drive it, and they're fantastic. But for the first year, they were 
Dreadful. <laughs> and, and in all seriousness, all joking, I think this is where perhaps Stuart Webber and the recruitment team deserve yeah. a real pat on the back. Absolutely. Because the players they brought in this summer, i.e. Pookie, mm. i.e. Buendia, mm. have hit the ground running. They've yeah, been ready true. to use from the off. Very There's true. been none of this, oh, he needs to get acclimatised to the country, mm. he needs to, you know, settle Do you not believe in that, Yes and no, but what I'm saying is, these two guys have hit the ground running yeah. and hasn't that made a huge difference? Do you think that's been learnings from the, you know, your Marcel Frankers and your James, James Husband type signings? Do you think we've learnt, okay, so the Zimmerman, there was there was traits of him that worked and there was traits of Rancic that worked in the first season. Let's get the finished product now. And that's your Wendy and that's your Whether the, the sale of, of uh, Murphy gave them a little bit more money to play with mm. to bring in some better quality who but knows? we haven't spent money. No, well, there's no such thing as a free transfer. You've still got agent fees and wages and this type of business, haven't you? So I think we probably had a little bit more room for manoeuvre this summer than yeah. we did last summer, yeah. is, is what I'm saying, which might have, have helped them. Mm. But credit where it's due, we've brought people in who've hit the ground running, and that's made a big difference. Speaking of players resurrecting themselves from the dead, Dennis Rabeni. Next season, is he going to be the next team in Pookie, Pete? I don't think so, do you? Oh, he's, he's a useful squad player, but I don't think he's going to score too many goals, do you? What, how do you rate his hat, his icon hat? His icon hat? Yeah, have you seen his icon I hat? I haven't seen his icon hat. He no. wears a hat with icon on the front. Really? What do you rate that? Unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Is he an uh, icon in your life? Not in my life, no. <laughs> he might be in someone's, his own mirror, but <laughs> I, I don't think... Uh, no, I mean, he's... Uh, He's working hard. He's, he's working hard. He's a willing trier, isn't he? Yeah, but and that's all we want. Absolutely, yeah. But... Can I just hang on? Just quickly on Dennis Rabeni. God, I was giggling to myself. By the way, I've got so much respect for Dennis Rabeni. I just love it. Um, did you watch the, the club YouTube video? It was the utility, whatever it was. It was some sponsored thing. <laughs> yeah. And they had the, the big blow-up target. And yeah. all you had to do was <laughs> kick the ball to stick in the target. It was like, like, like a game of darts. Yeah, I yeah. saw a little clip of it. And yeah. Dennis Rabeni... <laughs> He hit the ball. You'll have to go and watch it. Please go and watch this on the club YouTube channel. He had three shots. Two of them hit it and fell off, and one of them completely missed. Well, and surely that's a fault with the so target, not Dennis Rabenet. It, it definitely wasn't, <laughs> but it just made me giggle. Um, next question from uh, Erica Band. A question to the panel, please, from the Southwest Canaries. Who's been to more Norwich City away games this season? Benjamin Bloom or Chris Reeve? Now, I'm not sure if you're aware of Benjamin Bloom. Very much so, yeah. Very good uh, very good guy, isn't he? Saw your, your chat with him pre the derby. Very knowledgeable on the, the championship scene, full stop. Mm. Uh, and, you know, speaks very well about his own club as well. But, of course, an Ipswich Town fan. He is, yeah. But the, um, is he an Ipswich fan? I'm starting to question it. Well, I think he's been to more games, more away games than you this season. How many Norwich away games has he been I to? I think he's done three. Okay, I've done five. Have you? Yeah. Okay. So, I'll so that, that one to bed then. So that shut Should the Southwest Canaries up yeah. then. Any, any more away games on the cards this season, Chris? Millwall. Looking yeah. forward to the Millwall. Um, last time we went to Millwall was <laughs> that went well. <laughs> absolutely disgusting. And I vividly remember having to hold the camera for you because you said, Chris, I don't want to do any MDE content. I was like, Jack, you need to do your content. And I remember holding the camera. And do you remember that car that crashed outside? <laughs> there was like an abandoned, burnt-in car outside the den. It was very questionable. Yeah, indeed. So Millwall, I'm going to Millwall. Good. Um, right, have we got any more questions? That was a dig, by the way. Who was that? that was, no, I don't think it was a dig. I think it was sent in, in good in good vibes. Good. Um, let me see. Is there any more questions here? Okay, now now we're getting slightly ahead of ourselves. I know you don't like to get ahead of yourself ourselves here, Pete. But questions from um, at Shadow nine five two four seven five four six. What are you? Um, Something yeah. to go about with, isn't yeah. it? What would Norris City? What I come on? <laughs> What would Norris City have to do to stay in the Premier League? Now we're not there yet. Well, we'd have to get there first, uh, and I think that's yeah. That that sort of question annoys me. You know, Does it? we're not there yet. Let's worry about that when we get there. But you do know. you think? I mean, we you know we've gone up under Lambert, we've gone up, gone up under Neil. Um, do you think the style would change too much? Do you think there'd be an overhaul in players if we were to go up under Farker? I've got no idea, but you know, we need to get there first. Yeah, yeah, we're one of five teams. That, 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 that's it's, it's you know like saying you know could we win the Champions League in twenty twenty five? Of course well, we could. Possibly, yeah, but we need to qualify for it first, <laughs> don't we? And what players will we need, and what style this do we play? This is the TNT podcast. We just talk nonsense. <laughs> yeah, no, but we should have a bit of realism, and we should uh, focus <laughs> on you know beating Bristol City first. I agree with that. That's yeah. a fantastic link. Let's talk about Bristol City. Chris, they have the best um, form in the Championship. They've won. Uh, seven in a row. They're unbeaten in ten. 
this... Did they lose to Wolves in the end in the cup? Okay, we're talking about league yeah. form here. They did lose yeah. to Wolves. Was that at home that they lost that game to Wolves? Yeah. Was it? Mm. Okay. Could be a bit of a wobble there, couldn't it? So we're calling a, a wobble after one defeat? Well, it could be. Were you calling Norwich City's form a wobble after we lost to Preston? Absolutely not. I'm just saying that could affect their confidence. So how are you feeling going into this Saturday's game now? I'm... I'm... Oh. Can I just ask you a question first? Do you know anything about Marley Watkins' recent form? No. Probably not playing if they're doing well. Okay. Anyway. Well, I just, I'm worried about that. We worry about Marley Watkins. He does play for Bristol, right? Barnsley or Bristol? No, he, Am I losing the no, plot we, here? we unfortunately signed him from Barnsley, but we were fortunate enough <laughs> yes. to sell him to Bristol yes, City. there you yeah. go, there it is. That's right, yeah. Uh, I don't think he's been playing much for him. I think he's had an injury, so I don't think he'll be involved on Saturday, but who knows? I've got no concerns about Bristol City. I'm thrilled really? they're on a fantastic run. I'd much rather play a team that's won eight on the spin than just lost nine on the spin, wouldn't Ooh, you? Yeah. You know, if someone rocks up at Carrow Road, I rate not, this not, not one nine game, not, on. not one in nine away games, you know what's coming, don't you? Yeah. We were, we're everyone's run breaker. So mm. uh, let's be Bristol City's on Saturday, I say. Score prediction? 2 0. That's my question. You, you t- you're taking well, I'm taking question. your job, mate. In all seriousness, though, these are the, these are the kind of games that that have potential to define our season, don't they? Leeds, you know, Leeds have got tough games coming up. So have West Brom, so have Sheffield United. Got Leeds have got Bolton, yeah, haven't they? Exactly, yeah. But I mean, in terms of the run-in. Yeah. I don't think that, I don't think these games define us anymore. I think I think the thing, the key for Norwich now is pulling together a, a string of victories. I mean, I'm talking three, four victories, then a loss or a cheeky draw in there, three, four victories. Um, so to I do that, we need to beat Bristol. So it is the, defining. I think, I think this, the season-defining moment was beating Leeds United in their own backyard, and then and then absolutely tonking the scum at home as well. That was the season-defining moment. I think that now we need to be calm, composed, and do what we know we can do, and then we should do it. Yeah, I think the, the thing to be mindful of is we just need to. It sounds boring. We do need to take it one game at a time. You know, we we're not there yet. We and and if we try and get too far ahead of ourselves, so I think if you'd have asked someone about Bristol City at home. Six weeks ago, you'd say, "Oh, well, that's an easy three points." Yeah, you know, and now all of a sudden, they're, you know, they're yep. well in good form. Mm. You know, so what you think now is going to be easy mm. might well not be when you get there. So that's just, uh, you know, Bristol City aren't going to be relishing coming to Carrow Road, are they? They're going to watch how well true. we played at Bolton, and they're going to know they're going to be in for a game. Mm. Uh, Chris, what's your approach in terms of team selection? Going into this, are you, are you are you keeping unchanged? Are you bringing in March Light and now he's fit? What's your thoughts? Uh, well, my initial reaction straight away was just keep the same team. Okay. Um, I just don't see why you would change a team that's just gone and won four nil, full stop in in any circumstance. Um, I think that Moritz could do with warming in still. I think we should be a little bit delicate with him. Yes, I've said that he's you know arguably for me in the top three players in the league, but. I would be careful with him. I would be careful with him. Um, I wouldn't be too. And also, I think I think Kenny deserves. I think Kenny d- deserves yeah. a start, Carrot. I really do. Um, and and I think that it would be good to 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 give him some respect and, and, and give him a start. What about the defence, Pete? We've got you know Grant Hanley there sitting on the bench. Tim Close sitting on the bench. Does that change? I mean, it's very difficult to change a back four that's just kept a clean sheet in a four 0 away win, isn't it? Uh, I think it just. But as you said, there we were but, defending I mean, against were Sammy. You, were you two guys a bit surprised that he didn't? I know it's always easy to speak with the benefit of hindsight, but that he didn't freshen it up a little bit for Preston. Bearing in mind we'd had three monumental yeah, games: yeah, yeah. Sheffield United. Yeah. I think we put a lot into Leeds away. So with you mentally, Ipswich at home physically, and I thought he really could have freshened it up. I'm not saying drop Godfrey, rest him. There's a difference yeah. between dropping a player no, no, and resting that. a player, and I, I would have certainly brought Hanley mm. back in for that. I think Steeperman ahead of, I'd have brought Hanley back in because Closer was not even on the bench Preston, for yeah. Preston, was he? I don't, don't think, think he was. No, so Hanley I'd have had in for 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 Preston, uh, and again perhaps McLean for. Steeperman maybe at, mm. at Preston. You don't I, like Steeperman, do you? No, I don't dislike him. You uh, do. I thought he. Yeah, he wasn't as good. He was very good at Leeds. He wasn't quite so good against Ipswich. Made a real mess of that ball through the Pookie, yeah. didn't he? Then he missed the penalty at Preston. But he came harsh. good at uh, came good at Bolton, didn't he? So, with, with that being said, would you rest players for this weekend? I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think Bristol City are a, a good side. They're in good form. You've got to go with the, the, the players that are playing. And you realistically, it's, it's, it's difficult to. You're to... resting Steepman, aren't you? Admit it. No, 
I don't know if I necessarily would. Uh, okay. No, I, th- I think he's done enough to warrant being okay. in the team at the moment, hasn't he? Chris, score prediction. Oh, God, do I have to say it? Yeah. I just... I think... I'm going to go 3-2 Norwich. Okay. I think it'll be a very open game. I don't think they're going to come and park the bus. I think it'll play into to our favour, but ultimately I think it'll... I think that they'll come and surprise us. They've got the potential to come and surprise us anyway because they've not really got anything to lose. They're coming to the team at the top of the league. This is, this is Norwich City's problem at the moment. We've created this, this issue, which is that teams will come to us. They'll, be, they'll try their very best to be in fifth gear from the off, which will put more pressure on our defence. Will we be able to cope with that? I mean, that's the, that's the golden question, isn't it? But for me, I think that they'll, they'll come. I think that they've got the potential to surprise us. And I think that we'll see a 3-2. Pete, I, I can remember to that, Norwich, obviously that result at, at Ashton Gate was two-two. We came from behind twice. We did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you exactly. agree with Chris with it being an open game at Carrow Road? I think so. I think Bristol City are a side who will come and have a have a go on the front foot. They haven't got too many players. Again, famous last words. You want to talk anything up to you, but. Who have they got that really frightens you? Be careful, you'll get scrutinised for saying anything to anyone this podcast. Yeah. But, but I suppose on the flip but, but side, you look got at the a Nor- Billy Sharp or a Roof. You know, is this the gift team? Is this the team that posts loads yes, of gold gifts? Is, yeah, right. Right. Okay. Do you like that or not? Yeah, a lot is that of Tim Pot? Or is that good? No comment. Okay, I've got respect for innovative social media content. <laughs> Of course you have. Um, right, books. On where, where can people buy these from, Pete? I your, believe your lovely books. those three books, the, the Bragging Rights, the Quiz Book and the A to Z, I believe, are all on sale in the official Pass Canary Store. Let's get these up. Let's get these yeah. covers familiar. Come um, on, Jack. Pass them here, old boy. I want to do a quick question on something in here. Um, can I, honestly, this is, a not, this is a non-paid advertisement. I've read this from the beginning to the end and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Every single Norwich City fan, if you do not own the Bragging Rights book, are you even a Norwich fan? That's my question. Right, we're going to end on a question. Go on then. <laughs> Chris, you've said many a time your favourite player is Dion Dublin. Love Dion. And page 67 of the Canaries quiz book is a quiz all about Dion Dublin. Oh, God. You question number here, um, <laughs> 640. How many <laughs> not read t- this one all the way through. Can how I many there? times was Dion capped by England? You can both answer this. Ooh. You wrote the books. So I hope you know. Chris, Ooh. he's your biggest fat. He's your, you know, your, your biggest hero. I don't know much about his England career. Um, I thought you would have done for a, for an idol. It's not my idol, old boy. Um, I'm gonna go 15 times capped by England. Okay. If we were taking the uh, play your cards right route, mm-hmm. I'll go lower. Okay. How many? I'd say two. Two. Dion Dublin won four caps. Oh. Right. One more question. Um, let's go a four. Um, let's go for Brian Gunn a quiz oh. about Brian Gunn now he will be offended if you get this question wrong oh, God. question number 628 he actually, he actually will by the way what was the title of Brian Gunn's autobiography let's let's go Chris first because I think oh, you know this it. one Chris now I oh, really God, do so hope annoying. Brian if you're watching oh, no. I really hope yeah, you've got to get this haven't you I mean, that's, I mean you would have thought so well. wouldn't it's you it's almost like saying what colours the Norwich play yeah. isn't it <laughs> Shut up. Oh, he's going to muller me here. I've had a complete brain fart. You've never read it, have you, Chris? I have read it. No, I don't think you have, mate. And I, and I would have thought you, you oh, would have done. Oh, Chris, how have I forgotten this? You don't know, do you? Is it like... Oh, shit. Go on, save me. In Where It Hurts. In Where It Hurts. Oh, that's so embarrassing. And on that bombshell, so yeah. we'll end <laughs> episode number 78 of the TNC podcast. Pete, a pleasure having you along, mate. No Thank problem, you so no much for coming talk, along. Talk, Good to see you. Um, thanks to everyone for watching. Um, if you've enjoyed, please like it on YouTube. Subscribe on iTunes, why not? And of course, go and buy all three books. See you later. Bye-bye.